Good evening. Today is uh, Wednesday, October 20th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's step is step 10, and our speaker tonight is Christina S. Thank you, Christina. Thank you guys for allowing me to be here and do service. Um, I will just qualify really quickly just by saying um, I came into the rooms um, in March of this past year. I've been abstinent for seven months. Um, I came in at 23 years old, weighing nearly 300 pounds and completely out of control. This disease had taken over my entire life and I was absolutely miserable in every aspect of my life. And when I think about doing step 10, it's just incredible because I was so resentful at everything in life. I was so selfish. Anytime anyone asked me to do anything, if it didn't directly benefit me, the answer was always no. Or yeah, I'll do it, but I'm gonna roll my eyes at you and sigh and be angry and resentful about it. And living my life that way before this program, it's I've made a complete 180. You know, I truly live my life now to do service. Um, I wake up earlier than I need to in the morning. I get up at 6.30 and the first thing I do is call a sponsee with a smile on my face because I'm just so grateful to be of service and to help someone else. So it's truly incredible what this program has done for me. Um, on page 89 of the big book, it says, frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. And that has held true in my life and being in this fellowship and serving you all is truly the bright spot of my life so <clears throat> with that let's talk about step 10 um step 10 continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong promptly admitted it so why do we need to do step 10 well it's because doing steps four through nine once doesn't keep you recovered forever it does not make us perfect human beings um and in the big book on page 60, it says, um, where was I? No, there we go, page 60. There it is. Um, no one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual perfection rather sorry, we claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Um, and we need step 10 because we'll never be perfect. And if we're trying to be perfect, then we're trying to be God and we'll never be God. So this step exists simply because we cannot be God. We're never going to be perfect and wrongs are going to come up and we need to deal with them as they come. So, um, And the other thing I wanted to mention really quick is just that like resentment and fear is what kills us. Like living in those is what is going to take away our recovery. It will, it will destroy us if we let it. On page 66, it says, it is plain that a life that includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness. For when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. The grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. They may be the dubious luxury of normal men, but for alcoholics or compulsive overeaters, these things are poison. So if we're living in fear and resentment, we're saying that we're open to letting this poison kill us. And our recovery 
depends on us maintaining fit spiritual condition. And in order to do that, we need to be working step 10 and we need to make sure that we're not letting ourselves get blocked off from higher power. Um, because what we, what we really only have is a daily reprieve. Doing the steps once, getting recovery does not mean that you're golden, you're good forever. You have a daily reprieve. You have it for right now. And if you're not constantly taking inventory and getting rid of these fears and resentments as they come, then you're never going to hang on to it. Um, it is contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So that's why we need to be taking step 10 all day, every day. Okay, so let's take a look at what step 10 is. Page 84 of the big book talks about step 10. It says, continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. So the language in that is so strong and so suggestive and pushing that we need to be doing this as fast as we can because they're poison and they're going to kill us if we let it. So we need to be getting rid of these fears and resentments as they come as quickly as we realize it. Um, something that I always say is like, I haven't done my 10th step if I haven't been of service. So if I haven't gone and helped someone, like it says right there in that last line, we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. If I haven't done that part, I haven't done my 10th step. Um, that is an essential component of it to get you out of yourself and back into serving others. Um, I always make sure when I'm doing a 10th step that I do something that acts out in a way that is opposite of my character defects. So if I'm being selfish, I need to right now turn around and do something that is unselfish. Like I need to go do something selfless for someone else right now in that moment. Um, and I do this with all of my sponsees when they're going through step six and seven. I have them write out a list of what their character defect is on one side. And then on the other side, they write out um, a character trait that is opposite of what that defect is. And then I also make them list out specific actions that they can do to achieve that. Um, I was going through one yesterday with a sponsee and she says her character defect is shutting people out and she doesn't know what to do to not do that. And I said, okay, well, the opposite of shutting people out is being open with people. Maybe you're not ready right now in this moment to go and be open and honest with your family or just saying like, oh, next time I'll tell them how I'm feeling. That doesn't work. What can you do right now to work towards being an open and honest person? Well, right now you can get on a meeting and you can share. That's being open and honest with other people. Um, so that's something that I always do when I do 10 steps. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about is expectations are premeditated resentments. I heard this on a meeting once and I clung onto it and held onto it and I love it because I can only have resentments and fears when I'm expecting something out of a situation or from a person. If I want a person to be something that they're, that they're not or I want a situation to go a certain way, I have these expectations, that's the only way I'm gonna get in resentment and fear. Um, and I always look at that as like, that's me being in my self-will. Um, and if I'm in my self-will, then I need to immediately turn that back to step three 
and go give my will back over to God. So it all like plays into each other. Um, and then lastly here on page 84 in the big book, it says love and tolerance of others is our code. And that is a goal that we need to strive for all day, every day. Because if I'm loving and tolerant of another person, I'm not trying to change them. And if I'm not trying to change them, I'm not resentful. So that is how we stay out of these resentments. Um, so, I mean, if I'm living in my resentment, then I'm living in the past because I'm wanting something to be something that it wasn't. Um, and if you're in the past, you're in self-will. Also, if I'm fearful of things, then I'm trying to live in the future. I'm trying to control something and manipulate something into being something that it's not. And if I'm living in the future, then I'm living in self-will. Um, I can only access my higher power. I can only access power and strength greater than my own when I'm living in the present. So if I'm resentful or fearful, I know I'm in my self-will and I need to immediately turn that over and I need to get back into God's will. I need to get back into the present and back into reality because that is the only place where I can be of service to others. And the whole point of this program is to be of maximum service. So we need to always, as soon as these things come up, take them, turn them over and get rid of them as fast as we can. Um, I wanna talk about fear a little bit too, because a lot of people don't, don't talk about fear. You talk about the anger and the resentment, but what about fear? That creeps in so much and it's just as deadly as the resentment and the, and the anger. Um, the big book on page 67. Okay. It talks about fear as an evil and corroding thread. It sets in motion trains of circumstances which brought us misfortune we felt we didn't deserve. So this is just as poisonous as the resentment. And we need to be turning this over too. You did your fear inventories in step four. And when you're going through your day, as these fears come up, you got to turn them over and you got to get yourself back into God's will. <clears throat> um, and then how I like do my 10 steps. Um, I wanted to talk about that too, because I think it's kind of, there's so many different ways to do it. And people are always like, oh, am I doing a 10 step the right way? Or oh, I don't want to do a 10 step with this person because I've never done it with them before. And I don't know how they do them. But really the only wrong way to do a 10 step is to not do a 10 step, is to sit there and live in that fear and resentment. So as long as you're doing it, you're doing it right. As long as you're getting out of your self-will, getting back into God's will and serving others, then you're doing it right. Um, so... The best way to do it is in the moment, obviously. The big book uses such strong language um, about it being immediate. Um, and on page 87, when it's talking about step 11, it says, as we go through our day, we pause when agitated or doubtful. And I wanna like add here in parentheses, do a 10 step and ask God for the right um, thought or action. So we have to do it as they come. Um, and I'll do this like for the big stuff, you know, if I get into a fight with my mom or 
you know, something happens at work that makes my head spin and I'm like so angry. I need to stop and do a 10 step right then and there. And I have like my core group of people that I'll call up and do my 10 step. And I don't write stuff out typically. I'm just like angry and I talk it through and I get it out. And then I turn to God and I'm like, all right, God, help me out here. What can I do? Because I need to, I need to go help someone else. I need to stop feeling this way. Um, so yeah, if it's something big, do it in the moment as soon as you can, in whatever way you can, even if you can't call a fellow, even if you're just, you know, if you're at work and you just go to the bathroom for five minutes and yell in the mirror and then <laughs> go pray, do it, you know, just do it as fast as you can, um, and get yourself back into God's will and back to serving others. Um, I also like to do it as part of my nightly review. So on page 86, where it talks about the nightly review process, it asks these questions to us directly. It says, were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? And I answer those questions every single night. I look at this question and I ask myself, was I resentful? Is there something I'm forgetting? Is there something that I'm missing? And I play my day back. Okay, where was I like a little agitated? Not enough to like make me have to go and do a 10 step right then and there. But where did I have like these little agitations coming up? Like, where was I like, oh, that kind of bugged me, but like, whatever. And um, these ones I'll actually write out because I write out my nightly review every night. And I send it to, I have like a, a buddy that I send my nightly review to and she sends me hers. So I ask these questions honestly, and I ask God to show me where am I holding on to any anger, resentment, selfishness, fear. And I'll write out my inventory right then and there, right in my nightly review. Was I angry? Was I resentful? Yes. Okay. Here's my review right here. Here's, here's my inventory on it. Um, and then I send that off to my fellow and that's me sharing it with someone else. So I've done my step four and my step five. Now I got to do my step six and seven on it. So I ask God for willingness to let go of it, for willingness to let go of my character defect. I say the step seven prayer. And now I need to take action on it. I need to make it right. So I'm writing out my action plan for the next day anyway all right, on that action plan, do I owe someone an amends for this for this resentment that I didn't take care of? That's got to go on the action plan. Um, how can I be of service the next day? And what can I do to act in a way that is the opposite of that character defect that I was living in that day before? So all of that will go on my action plan and... Um, I take care of it, even the small things. And most days it's just like five minutes. Thank you. Um, most days it's just, oh, I was at work today and my boss made me angry, but I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything or, oh, like the schedule changed a million times and it was just so stressful or I didn't want to do this, but I did it anyway because that's my job. Or I wasn't as present as I could have been. I wasn't as loving and tolerant as I could have been. You know, it's not anything major, but it's these little things that if we don't take care of them, they're going to eat us alive. So most nights it's me saying, oh, God, you know, I was kind of in a crappy mood at work today. Give me the willingness 
to be in a better mood tomorrow. God, change my outlook on it and allow me to see it in a better way tomorrow. Let me be more loving and tolerant tomorrow. Um, and I always bring it back to step three. If, we're do, if we have to do a 10 step, it's because we're in our self-will. If we have to do a 10 step, we're not in God's will. Like God doesn't want us to be angry and fearful and resentful. <laughs> so if you're doing a 10 step, you already know that you've taken your self-will back. You already know that you got to go surrender that to God. So every time I do a 10 step, I got to bring it back to step three. And I got to get myself back in serenity and back in living in God's will. So that was kind of a whirlwind running through that step really quick. Um, but I want to make sure we take a second to talk about the step 10 promises because they're pretty freaking amazing. So <clears throat> on page 84 and 85 of the big book, it says, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol or food. For by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in food. If tempted, we recoil from it as a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward food has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. This is our experience. This is how we, we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. So doing these 10 steps is essential to keep us in fit spiritual condition. And when we do them, these are the promises that we get. We don't need to be fighting all the time. We don't need to constantly have our armor up and be fighting off this disease. The big book is promising us that if we're doing our 10 steps and we're staying in fit spiritual condition, the problem will just be removed. It just won't be there anymore. We won't have to always be fighting it off. We will have this neutrality, we'll feel safe. And this problem just doesn't exist for us anymore. Um, and it's truly like the miracle of this program that has worked in my life. You know, I get to do so many things that I never thought I'd be able to do. Back when I was restricting and dieting and trying to lose the weight and living in fear and resentment, living in my own self-will, I couldn't be around the food. When I was on one of my restricting dieting phases, I couldn't do it. If I was around it, I would give in and I would eat it. But now in recovery, living in God's will, I can do anything. You know, I live in a house with other people. There's binge foods everywhere. I don't let recovery stop me from going to family gatherings. Actually, it makes me a million times more present at them because I'm not thinking about the food. It's there. I see it. And it's just not an issue because I'm living in God's will. Um. <clears throat> So that's what we're promised. We're promised that this will issue, this problem in our life will just be removed. Um, what we're, thank you. Um, what we're not promised is that life will be easy and perfect. Um, on page 15 of the big book, it says, it is a design for living that works in rough going. And we need this because life is never gonna be perfect. There's always gonna be things that don't go our way. Um, 
We're not promised a perfect life. We are simply just given the tools to face life's challenges. And step 10 is an amazing tool that we need to be reaching for every single day, multiple times a day, as many times as it takes. Every time any fear or resentment comes up, we need to be reaching for step 10. We need to do our 10 steps. We've got to use our tools. We've got to pull out our tools out of our spiritual toolkit and use them right away as fast as we can, get ourselves back in God's will so that we can keep living in the sunlight of the spirit and these promises can come true in our life. Um, and with that, I will pass. Thank you all so much for letting me share and letting me be of service. Wow. Thank you so much, Christina. That was really powerful. Thank you. Sorry. I lost the script. There we go. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under the reactions, or push star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? All right, we have our first one is Emma Kay. Emma, go ahead, please. Hey, thank you so much. I just um, got home. So sorry, I didn't have my video on. Um, thank you. That was amazing. I got so much out of it. Um, even though I was driving, I'm going to go back and listen to the recording because it was great. Um, just question for you. I mean, you got into the program so quickly and got it. So I mean, I'm, I'm just amazed because I've been in the program for like a year and a half and I still don't have it. <laughs> so I'm so envious in a good way, in a good way. And I'm just curious, like at what point, I mean, you speak and I can hear like totally HP through you. I mean, what was the pivoting point that you feel like you got it and something like went off? Um, Cause it sounds like it, it clicked. And I was just curious, what was it that did it for you and keeps going, you know, the momentum, what is it that keeps going for you? She can answer yeah, that. Emma, thank you so much for that question. Um, Honestly, I think I was just really blessed by higher power for hitting like a really bad bottom at 23 years old. <laughs> when I came into this program, I was ready. Like mm. anything my sponsor told me to do, I was ready and I did it. Um, the turning point for me really was step three. Um, I did it in such a beautiful way. I went and like sat at this pond and like oh. for the first time, like truly like felt God's presence in my life and just jumped in feet first and had faith in higher power and never looked back. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Michelle. Hello. Well, I don't know how that works in this meeting if we're not doing crosstalk when we're posing questions. My name is Michelle Oz. I'm a compulsive overeater and bulimic in Michigan. And um, I, I guess I'll just say I feel, I feel recovery when I listen to that share. And it's really beautiful to watch. And I really enjoyed like not even just listening, but just watching <laughs> if that sounds weird. <laughs> so thank you so much for that. And um, I love the literary 
double meaning of this idea of, you know, not only not avoiding places, but to be more present where we are present, you know, and, and I would just love if you could share more about that, Christina, um, your experience of the promise of um, being present where you, where you bring yourself. Thank you with that. I pass. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, it's just like, I see people and I hear people and I experience things when I'm there because my mind is not thinking about the food. Um, and I actually like, I'm so blessed right now to be helping my sister plan her wedding. I'm her maid of honor. And I get to be involved in all of that and really be experiencing it because I'm not just worried about like, what's going to be on the menu? Like, what's the food? Like, what's going to be for dessert? Like I get to be present and just be um, like thankful and like have love and tolerance for the people that I'm around and just enjoy people's company rather than worrying about, oh, is someone going to like, look at me if I go up and get a third plate of food? Like, you know, I, I would always worry about that when I was at family gatherings, I would be thinking about it, needing it, wanting it, wanting that last piece of whatever that's sitting there on the table, but not wanting people to judge me for taking it, not wanting people to know how much I'm eating, trying to control it because people are watching. Um, and I just don't have to worry about that anymore. I can just be there and be present with my family. Victoria. Hey everybody, Victoria, recover compulsive overeater, insulin manipulator. Um, I'm just going to share quickly. Um, I, I had, what really stuck out to me is the ceasing, the ceasing fighting, a ceasefire, put it out. Just like I, um, and the fact that it's not a one it's not a one and done, right? Like it's a continuous thing that needs to be done. I've talked about the pipe before, how we unclog the pipe, but it doesn't mean that the pipe can't become clogged again. And I feel like, you know, I'm going to be moving soon. I'm in a ton of physical pain the last couple of days. Like it, it feels so unbearable at times. Um, somebody yelled at me at work yesterday on the phone. And like, because they were a customer, I had to just be like, thank you for that feedback. And I really was like, I hate this. Um, and this morning I was doing some journaling and some, I mean, yeah, like a version of, of two-way prayer, but just journaling. And I wrote like, man, when are things going to calm down? Like, when are things going to just be chill? And the answer I got back, like, I almost laughed before I finished even writing the question. It was just like, when are you going to stop fighting? Like, when are you going to stop trying to struggle and put the other person in a headlock. Like what, when are you just going to just say, I'm, I'm going to walk away. And yeah, I was now like, now when I say that out loud, I think I could say that and anybody would be like, Oh yeah, that's a lot. Like that sounds tough, but I'm really, I mean, uh, too bad. Like I'm in self-pity when I list, when I make a list, when I call people and complain about it, I'm in self-pity and self-centeredness. Like I'm the only person going through something. And I definitely can't minimize it because that also brings me back to dishonesty, but um, just amazing that this is the topic tonight. And that's really what came up for me in, in a morning meditation. And I haven't done a journaling a session for quite a while and it was really transformative. So just wanted to share that with y'all. Thank you so much. And I'll pass. 
Thanks, Victoria. Uh, Maggie. Hi, this is Maggie, compulsive overeater, and let me set my own time. Um, yeah, Christina, thank you so much for your lead share um, tonight. I had never heard that about the 10th step, that um, if you haven't done service, then it's not really complete. It's not really a 10th step. So that kind of um, blew my mind. And what spoke to me in particular is you mentioned your sponsee, who um, her character defect is shutting people out. And that's a big one of mine. Um, and you said the opposite of that is being open and honest and vulnerable with people. Um, and so, and that's been like the biggest gaping hole in my program um, up until the past two weeks. And I had to have outreach calls on how to have outreach calls. That's how um, uncomfortable um, it's been for me. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, so far, um, I can get on the phone with recovered people and kind of like ask them a million questions about the recovery, but like just talking about normal things that aren't recovery, that's still really, really, really uncomfortable for me. So I was wondering if you could share any advice that you may have given that sponsee um, on, on acting in opposition to that particular character defect on being open and honest and vulnerable with other people. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not something that you can just like wave your magic wand and be like, all right, you're going to be comfortable sharing your life with other people now, you know? So, I mean, I think just starting small, being here right now, sharing on this meeting, sharing that you have this problem, that's you being open and honest and vulnerable with us right now. So you're doing it, you're showing up and you're doing an amazing job. And I think sharing on a meeting or calling fellows that you don't really know and like being honest with them is a great place to start because what do you have to lose? Like, first of all, they're fellows, they get it, they understand you and they're gonna love you and accept you no matter what. And also if they don't like, they're they're like a stranger on the phone, what's gonna happen, you know? <laughs> um, so I think that this is an amazing place to start. And I think that you're doing an incredible job just by being here tonight and putting your hand up and sharing. So keep it up, you're doing awesome. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to go um, since we don't have any hands raised. Christina, thank you. That was a wonderful, wonderful share. It's jotting down as you were saying things. Um, and the what I really loved was when you said that love and tolerance means I'm not trying to change anyone or anything, which means that I, I don't have resentments when I'm not trying to change, control, manipulate. Um, and I found that true I, at work primarily that I just, there was a point, uh, well, definitely before I got abstinent that I fought everybody and everything. And I was angry all the time and at our customers, at my coworkers. And I don't know when that shifted, but it's like, now I look at my days and I have no resentments. Um, I, I have to search at night to really say, did I have a resentment today? Um, anyway, that, so that for that, I'm very grateful. Um, but I do have a question. So when you said, and I too loved when you said that if you have not done service, then you haven't really completed the 10th step. Um, can you give me some ideas or suggestions or examples of what you do to do service? Especially like I struggle at work because I can't be on phone calls all the time, you know, being of service to other people in the program. But 
What are some of the other things that you may do to kind of cap that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I try to like avoid the service that I was already going to do. You know, if I was already going to go home and like lead, lead a meeting tonight, like not counting that as my 10 step service. If I was resentful about something at work, I try to do something in that environment, you know, and this goes along with like acting in the opposite of my defect. Um, like if I was um, resentful about like a schedule change at work and I was, you know, angry about it and didn't show up fully present for that, then I'll, you know, go do my 10 step. I'll get myself in serenity and I'm like, okay, how can I be more present at work? How can I put a hundred percent effort to do it? Um, and something to do services, do something nice for a coworker. If you're resentful at work, you know, um, my, I work with little kids with autism and it's draining, you know, and I'm a supervisor. So I'm not with the kids one-on-one -on -one all day, every day anymore, but my staff is, and I know that it's draining for them. So how can I go out of my way to do something nice for one of my staff members? That's a big thing that I'll do to be of service when I have those kinds of resentments. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really quickly, um, sorry. Um, we're now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Would the Zoom host please stop the recording? So we still have about nine minutes.